Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. We are very excited to have Amanda Hurst, who is the co-founder of sustainable e-commerce platform Maison de Mode, to the Style That Finds Us podcast today. Before starting Maison de Mode, Amanda worked as an associate editor at Marie Claire, special projects editor at Town & Country, and is now a regular contributing editor to Hearst. And she was speaking about sustainability long before it was such a buzzword and hot topic in today's world. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So you seem to have always been interested in sustainability. So will you talk to us about that? Yeah, I don't necessarily know why I've always been interested in sustainability, but I definitely, I mean, I started working in this space in around uh, 2010, even younger than that. I was always, I had an interest in the environment and um, conservation. So I think it's all kind of connected. That's wonderful. We, we have really started being, you know, much more cognizant of what's going on and find it all so fascinating. I remember when we were in Milan a couple of years ago for Milan Fashion Week and we went to an exhibit and that was the first time we had seen and heard the concept of using mushroom as mushrooms as leather. Uh, you know, there's just so many cool things that pop up every day that I think it's interesting. The only thing we worry about is you know, small brands being able to afford to either pivot or be able to start out their brands, you know, being more sustainable. But can you tell us your journey from this idea that you had to bringing it actually to fruition? Yeah, because I think when we're talking about sustainability here, we're focused more on fashion and sustainability. So for me, After college, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I knew that I loved fashion and I loved magazines. I eventually ended up writing a monthly column for Marie Claire, where I wrote about ethical fashion and the brands that I liked in the space, mainly because I felt like it wasn't getting very much attention. And it's so important for the world, really, to understand the impact that the fashion industry has on people, has on the planet, has on animals. So I was I was talking about that on my column and learning a lot about it in the process. So that was my starting point before I launched Maison de Mode. So I come from Barney's. I worked at Barney's on the buying team. So I'm familiar with the e-commerce and the store space. So once you had the idea and then Tell us about partnering with Hassan and how you made it come to life. Because there were pop-ups, e-commerce. It didn't start with e-commerce, right? No, no, not at all, actually. So we met at a market appointment because he had his own sustainable fashion line. And so I met him just through work and we stayed friends and we ended up having this idea of doing a a pop-up and showcasing our favorite sustainable brands, um, allowing people to see the products in person, get to know the designers and brands better. So we did that in 2012 during Miami Art Basel. At the time, we only had like six brands. Now we work with like hundreds of brands, but yeah, at the time there weren't many sustainable companies in that space, but it was a good experience. We made a bit of money. So then we decided to do it again. 
And then after about like 13 pop-ups that we did around America, we, we realized that we had a consumer base and that we had a roster of awesome brands that we liked. And so we, we decided to kind of quit our day jobs and then make Mizanda Mode our, our full-time career. I love how you paid attention to the momentum that you were having and kind of it was this organic journey. I have a question about all of these wonderful sustainable brands that you have on the platform. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think that they face? I know there are many, but... Yeah, I know. Um, I think that speaking to them, the biggest challenges are always financial because um, like what you alluded to before, that thankfully the technology is becoming so advanced. So there are these amazing materials and and things that you can, can do with your company to make it more sustainable. But the challenge is always having the money to do those things and to continue to do them while also growing a startup. So in many ways, it's a lot easier for, cause we, we primarily work with like smaller brands, like artisan based brands and female founded small companies. So when it comes to, to bigger retailers, they do have the bandwidth to become a bit more sustainable. So it's good to see that that's happening now. I love the idea of the fact that you are, you are a fashion e-commerce site that happens to be, you know, have this sustainability focus is what I understand. It's kind of like when Delia and I came together for the style that binds us, we are a fashion company that we happen to be mother and daughter, but that's not like, so what you're saying is fashion first, and then you seek out these brands that are trying in earnest to be as sustainable as they can. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's our approach to finding brands is that first and foremost, it's always about the aesthetic of the the clothing and of the company and whether or not the product is in and of itself beautiful. And then we assess the sustainability because at the end of the day, if something isn't aesthetically appealing to a consumer, they may buy it once at most, but you're not going to have a hit product or a hit brand. You really have to start from there. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I remember I listened to a podcast with Hassan, I think, and he was talking about people definitely an easy draw is something that's vegan or something that is, um, you know, not harmful to animals, right? Or what are the, like the two, I would say, starting points for people to buy sustainably? Because they're first, they're going to go after, you know, the product. Do they love the product, the, you know, the beauty of it? Yeah, I mean, there are different types of consumers. So like if someone is actually trying to shop in a more sustainable way and they and they come to our site and let's say like they're they're exploring the brands and the products, you know, I think that there are a lot of issues that can speak to people. So um and that's also why sustainable fashion can be a bit confusing and overwhelming for the consumer as well. It's because like, well, there's vegan fashion, there's artisan made fashion, there there are products made with organic textiles. And you kind of get overwhelmed and you're like, well, what's the most important? And are there products that, you know, check all the boxes? And the truth is there aren't. Um, so Yes, vegan fashion is definitely getting more and more important to consumers. But in general, I advise customers to sort of 
think to themselves like, well, like what is the most important thing to me when it comes to like social animal welfare environment, like what, you know, upsets me the most. And then you kind of can, I mean, for sure fashion is going to impact it. So it's really also, if you're talking about like how you want to make an impact for their clothing, like ask yourself some questions, like what, what issues do you care about most and go from there. No, that makes sense. And also for people that are overwhelmed by anything, you know, what does circular fashion mean? All these terms, they know that dipping their toe in your entire website is, is going to have some sort of sustainable um, aspect. So that's an easy way for them. They can go after the fashion knowing that it's, you know, in some way it's, it's practicing sustainability. Exactly. You can also just not overthink it and come to the site and feel safe knowing that, that all the brands are sustainable in, in one way or another. Right. Like you all did the work for us. Exactly. Yeah. I know it's so nice to have a trusted source. You don't even think about it. You don't have to get overwhelmed. You can just come and shop and know that in some way, the products that you're buying are sustainable. And I know y'all have some, do you call them sustainability tenants or I guess icons? Do you want to talk a little bit about some of those? Yeah. Um, so we try to break down sustainability for people as best as possible um, in a very simple, easy to understand way. So we just have a set of probably about 10 now little icons that we assign to every product and every brand. So it can be made in America, women-owned, eco-packaging. So you can sort of use our little guide to understand in the most basic of terms, how something is sustainable. How do you find them? I mean, that's what I want to know. Like, how do you, we work with emerging brands too. And especially these days, are they starting to come to you, reach out to you? Do you have a team that scouts things out, go to, you know, market, do you go to fashion weeks? How do y'all find the brands? Well, all of the above, really. Hassan and I come from a fashion background, so we also still maintain those contacts and know the showrooms and PR houses. So a lot of times they'll reach out to us. Uh, we'll reach out to them. Uh, fashion Weeks, definitely. And, you know, Copenhagen has its own sustainable fashion week that's really useful for us and also instagram and social media again we reach out to brands they reach out to us it's like a very natural easy way to come across small brands who don't even have the money to to hire a pr firm or anything it's a very easy way for us that makes perfect sense to me and i was wondering so the goals that you're trying to accomplish, let's say young, do, do brands ever reach out to you and say, you know, we know you have, this is what you all do. Do you have any suggestions for how we could become more sustainable? We're young and we don't have enough money to, you know, hire someone to actually walk us through step by step. Yeah. So at Amazon Demode, we also have a consulting arm to the company and we do consult with various brands and help them from their packaging to their materials, to their supply chain, because it is a, it's a, a lot <laughs> and it can be very overwhelming and it's not always helpful to try and do everything at once. So, and because we've been working in the space for so long, it was sort of a natural progression for us to, to help kind of incubate the brands that we work with so that they can have a sustainable and long-term growth. 
Okay. I think that's amazing because I know in the very, you know, in the first few years, greenwashing became this big thing. And so a lot of the young brands that we've talked to are terrified to even use the word sustainability with their brand. You know, they're leaning in, they're trying hard, but they're, they're scared someone's going to come after them (laughs) and, you know, say you're not completely sustainable. So, um, that's great to have somebody in there, you know, who has their back. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and greenwashing is a, a big issue in the industry now, because now that consumers care about a brand being sustainable, the brands have caught on. So a lot of big brands, especially are now using terminology that's kind of confusing and vague, but makes customers think that they're sustainable when in fact they're not. So we, we want to help brands be authentically sustainable. I have a question, Amanda, as we are all very focused on the fashion industry and staying on top of what's happening in the space. So I'm curious about what in the fashion industry is inspiring you right now. I think just the fact that there's so many companies in the space that are now incorporating sustainability, because when I started, I guess, uh, how long ago was that? Like 12 years ago? it really was not something that people were necessarily interested in or talking about. And a lot of times when I was an editor, a lot of brands, they were doing sustainable things, but they didn't really want to talk about it because they thought that it undermined the luxury and prestige of their brand. So it's just encouraging to see that in the span of a little over a decade, it's now at the forefront of everyone's conversation, not just from the customers, but also from the brand's. That's wonderful. That's so interesting. They would kind of try and hide it because it sounded sort of boring and definitely unsexy. But now, because it's this buzzword, we have the opposite thing happening. Some people are jumping on and just throwing it around and it's not even, they're really not practicing it. But do you have any tips for our audience on how we can be more sustainable in our lives? Yeah, I would say, you know, shop less, um, which is not always easy for everyone, but, you know, try your best and think about um, what you actually need, um, what you actually wear, and then shopping better, just educating yourself little by little. For instance, the issue that you care about is women's rights. So, I mean, it's very easy to do a Google search and find some really cool brands that are founded by women that are made by women. So so it's just that, that, just a little bit of research. And I think it's actually, at least for me, pretty fun to learn the stories behind the brands. And it just makes investing in a a piece or a product that much more, Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's that much more real for you. You know, you like the, you like that coat even more because now it has a story with it. You know, who made it, you know, its impact. Um, it just adds a value that wasn't there before. I agree. It's kind of an emotional thing and you feel more, you know, empowered when you wear it because you have this emotional attachment to this brand. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing because we all have too much stuff anyway. So if you buy a piece that, you know, support something that you believe in, you just feel wonderful. I invite everyone to explore the Maison de Mode website because you do detail, you have a section for all the designers and the stories behind the brands and then the pieces that you have on the site. So that could be fun as they start venturing into the sustainable shopping space to learn about sustainable brands. 
So Amanda, Sustainable Style Awards, will you tell us about those? Yeah, so every year for the past five years, we have had an annual event in Los Angeles to celebrate sustainability in fashion. The reason that we do it in LA is because, as you can imagine, like having celebrity endorsements and and entering that sort of Hollywood world um, really helps push the movement and get it more attention. So we've been doing that. And this year we have our event April 22nd at the Hollywood Edition Hotel. And um, it's benefiting the charity that I founded, which is called Wellbeings. Oh, and we're honoring um, Carolyn Murphy and Aurora James. Well, it's so exciting. We love Aurora. That's wonderful. And there you go with the upping the glamour factor of but, you know, finding ways to make sustainability sexy is uh, so important. Bravo to you. And then will you tell us a little bit more about your, did you say it was your foundation? Yeah. Mm. So I started a nonprofit called Wellbeings. It's dedicated to animal welfare and conservation. So every three years, we add a new campaign to our portfolio and we approach the campaign from a perspective of like intersection, I guess you could say. So like, how does this animal welfare issue impact the environment? How does the environment impact this animal welfare issue? So for the next three years, we're focused on um, mangrove conservation. So that's what we're working on. And the animal that we're focused on is the manatee which is um, in a lot of trouble right now. And if any of you live or go to Florida, you might've seen them. They're very cute, but they're also struggling because of ocean health issues. So, so that's what my nonprofit is doing this year. And for me, it's always fun when I can connect the charitable work that I do with the sustainable fashion work as well. That's very intriguing. Thank you for telling us about that. I think that's inspirational. When you were in high school, did you go like rescue animals from puppy mills? Yeah, I did not high school. I think it was around the time that I was also working at Marie Claire when I started Ah. doing that. Yeah. Was it Um, scary? Yeah, it was. I had gotten a dog around that time. And then I found out that he was from a puppy mill, which is um, an illegal breeding facility. And and then they're all over the, the United States. It's just like when people in their backyard, they get a couple of dogs, they breed them, they keep breeding and selling the puppies and they make a ton of money, but the animals are often treated horribly. So um, yeah, I went on a few puppy mill raids and yeah, you can imagine they're not, <laughs> they, they are pretty intense and scary, but that is actually like, so I, I was working on the puppy mill issue with the Humane Society for like seven or eight years. Um, going on the puppy mill raids, raising money and awareness for the issue. And then that's eventually what led to me launching my own nonprofit. Wow. That is amazing. That is, I just was thinking as a mother, if Delia was headed out to raid, to go on a puppy mill raid in North Carolina, wherever you're doing that, <laughs> sounded very adventurous and a little bit dangerous, but so, so commendable. <laughs> Thank you. Can you, for our listeners that, you know, I've heard the word sustainably, a sustainability kind of tossed around, but can you give us your definition of what that means? Yeah. When it comes to fashion, I, I think that sustainability means fashion that takes into account the environment and the people that make it. 
So there's the, the environmental side of things, and there's also the, the social impact side of it. And it's important to consider both those sides when you're, when you're shopping. Next question is about spring summer trends. I know sustainability is less involved with the trends, but are there any trends that you're excited about for this spring? It is a trend, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. I'm in Bulgaria, so I have no idea what what people are <laughs> are into in the real world anymore. But um, no, I I try not, or we try not to think too much in trends, like you mentioned, because because that's just you know not a very sustainable way to shop. But no, I mean we're always advocates of our artisanal products that are handmade and handwoven, and and that support and represent materials from their country. I think that just anything that has authenticity to it is, is always an important and cool trend in fashion. That's, that's a great point. And I've told my clients before, let's say you do love artisanal fashion and things like that. This would be the year for you because, you know, with Gabriella Hirsch starting all of her things too, it seems to be all this, this crochet and nostalgia and, Thank goodness brands are starting to, you know, pay more attention to the artisans that came before them so that the, you know, these crafts don't die out and everything. So if it's a trend right now, then, and that's your love, then, you know, go out and definitely get a few pieces now because other seasons, it might be hard to find. That's kind of the way I talk about trends when I'm working with one-on-one with my personal clients because I think artisanal stuff is, they're works of art. They really are. All right. We love print media very much. And I have folders from years back that I refer to all the time where I've ripped pages out of things that I love, had them attached to, you know, my closet door or whatever. Just, I just love them so very much. And books. What is your take on where the magazine industry is heading? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question because things change so quickly. And of course, the way that we consume media and information is constantly evolving. I think there's always going to be a place for magazines uh, and the brands behind the magazines. I just think that maybe the shift seems to be, you know, digital online and that's fine. I think as long as there's there's interest in we're talking about fashion. So let's say fashion and fashion magazines are going to be around and the articles about the fashion and the photos, it's just going to be produced, let's say in a, in a different way. Maybe so. Well, I hope some of the magazines definitely stay in print because certainly people my age and even in their forties and stuff, they'd like to be able to find something later. And when it's somewhere in the cloud, it's, hard to find. And I also wonder if it's going to go back in some ways too. kind of like, I feel like e-commerce is going to meld again with brick and mortar in a more thoughtful way. But I do hope because, you know, like for you, if you have a brick and mortar space with all the beautiful things that you all have, people can, it is like going to an art gallery. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that you're right that you know, everything went online, but now they're brick and mortar stores again, and people are going back to that a little bit. So maybe that the same will happen with magazines where they'll suddenly crave and want that tangible 
book in their hands. Um, and like you said, the earmarking of the pages, the ripping out of an image. Yeah, there's a nostalgia for that. There is. And it's almost like you just at least I wait, you know, I just have it sitting there for a couple of days, just the anticipation of getting to read it. I always make sure I have a time where I can do it leisurely, but maybe, you know, if they do it more sustainably where it's just four times a year, the print comes out or something like that. But it'll be interesting to see as we come out of COVID all the ways that the entire world, especially the fashion, well, not especially, but including the fashion industry and the fashion consumers, how that's going to look going forward. Definitely. Amanda, do you want to tell us about some of the brands on the site? Yes. Yeah, so there, there are a bunch of brands on our site that are not found anywhere else and that are sustainable and interesting. One of them is called Envelope 1976. And I discovered them because my husband is Norwegian. So we go to Norway a lot. And I met the designer there and it's a Norwegian brand and it's very cool, kind of Scandinavian chic, but all the materials are sustainable. So organics, no fake dyes, but most importantly, it's just like really cool clothing. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I love, uh, I have a sister-in-law who's um, Norwegian. And then also the picture of you in front of the pool table, wearing those boots, Oh yeah. Oh my God. I love those boots. I know. Well, so that's like another big trend, I guess you could say, but I think it's going to be around for a while is the, is vegan fashion. Um, so that brand is called Sylvan and all the the accessories are cruelty free, which is amazing because as you can imagine, it's, it's not easy to to find products that aren't made with leather, or if you find them, they're not necessarily flattering or fit well. So this is a brand that we, yeah. yeah, exactly. So this is a brand that we found that we love. And um, <sighs> the shoes that I was wearing in that, that picture are made with Apple leather, which is cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're going to go to a pop-up in the West village this weekend and meet her. Cool. Meet her. <laughs> I know it was so crazy. Mom, saw you in the boots. And then I messaged the girl and said, wow, these are fabulous. And then she happened to be having a pop-up in the village. So we're going to go check it out because we can get out and about. Oh my gosh. I love that small world. I love making when those connections happen. Right. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So researching for your podcast led me to find a new brand, which led Delia to reach out to hear more about her. And it was almost such a coincidence. Like it happened in three hours, <laughs> three hours before we had never heard of the brand. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Tell us what is next for you and for your amazing brand. So, I mean, like you mentioned before, the sustainable style awards is the next big event for us and that what we're really focused on. Um, but we also have a consulting project with Lacoste, which we're looking forward to. Because again, that's a big brand who can really push the needle when it comes to press and movement in the the space of sustainability. So those are the two things that we're really focused on right now. Oh, that's so exciting. That's wonderful. So when you say a a project, does that mean you're going to be helping Lacoste become more sustainable or they're becoming more sustainable and they're, you're going to be sort of collaborating? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's kind of a fine line right there. Do you happen to be doing any pop-ups at any time this year, maybe? 
Yeah, well, now that the world is opening up again, Hassan and I have been talking a lot about how people are craving that in-person experience. And so even though we, it's been maybe almost two years, actually probably two and a half years since we've done a pop-up, we really want to do one this year. So um, we're thinking about Texas or California since we have a lot of customers there and a lot of interest in sustainability. So um, we'll keep you posted when we confirm a, a space. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Please let us know and we'll, we'll let um, everyone in our audience know as well. Yes, and same for the Sustainable Style Awards. We can cover and post about it and re-promote the podcast. So Amanda, where can people find you and Maison de Mode? Um, well, so Maison de Mode is uh, on Instagram at, at Maison de Mode, like French for House mm-hmm. of Fashion. And then the website is Maison-de-Mode.com. And then I'm at Amanda Hurst. And yeah, that's it. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely to speak with you and everyone. Thank you for tuning in and we will put links to the website and all the social channels in the show notes. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Finds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.